Hello, and thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle. I'm your host, Andy Brenton. Each week, you will hear practical and engaging tips and strategies in order to live your absolute best life as a Christian. So let's begin with today's portion of Practical Christian Living. It's in John chapter 4 that we have Jesus talking to someone who, according to the apostles and the Jews of that day, he had no business talking to. Culturally speaking, Jesus is crossing a line by having this conversation that completely shocks his apostles. It's in John chapter 4, verse 27, that we have their reaction recorded. It describes this, At this point, his disciples came, and they were amazed that he had been speaking with a woman. The word used there to describe their reaction to what Jesus is doing at that very moment is the Greek word thadmazo, and it's only used seven times in the New Testament. Each time this specific word is used, it denotes a feeling of bewilderment or marvel or astonishment in someone. And we see this in John chapter 3 when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about the need of being born again. Nicodemus's reaction is also the same. It's, he's amazed at this wild concept. Again, in John chapter 7, after Jesus has spent a good amount of time teaching a crowd, the Jews are astonished or amazed at the level of teaching that Jesus is capable of doing despite being without any formal education. The idea here is that we see in the context of this word is a situation when someone is amazed by something so astonishing that it's also perplexing. This is the feeling that the apostles feel when they see Jesus talking to not just a woman, but to a Samaritan woman in the middle of the day. Why would people feel this way about the Samaritans? Well, most times when the Jews looked at the Samaritans, they looked at them as being ones with unclean blood. The Samaritans were a group of people who had been once faithful Israelites, but had intermarried with different peoples of the area and had become quote-unquote dirty in the eyes of the Jewish people. This and other religious discrepancies between the two groups created a sharp divide and a disgust from both parties towards the other. It became so strong that when the Jews would walk from Galilee to Jerusalem, they would go miles out of their way just to not walk near the city of the Samaritans. Couple all this with the fact that Jewish men wouldn't normally strike up conversations with women in general, it's easy to understand then that the amazement that the apostles had in seeing this situation was astonishing. What we have in John chapter 4, though, is so much more than Jesus just simply crossing cultural lines to show love and importance of spreading the gospel to all people, regardless of state. Within this chapter, I believe, we also see a perfect example of how we who have heard the gospel should react to the good news in our lives. After reading verses 7 through 26 and observing the conversation between the Samaritan woman and Jesus, we see that Christ has revealed to her who he truly is, taught her on matters of true worship and living waters that he and he alone can give. It's what happens in verses 28 through 30 that really reveals a concept in discipleship. John describes it by saying this, So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. Now, oftentimes when examining this text, we look to the evangelism this woman instantly did 
to show how we too should be instantly looking for ways to spread the good news to people around us. And while this is definitely a teachable moment and truly something that we should take to heart, there's also another takeaway tucked within this text. When the woman did right after hearing the good news and right before going to her city to evangelize, and again we read, so the woman left her water pot. You see, the Samaritan woman who had come to Jacob's well for the sole purpose of drawing water, left her water pot, her bucket, behind to do the work of the Lord. This is no small thing. What she was doing by coming to the well was a huge responsibility of hers as a woman living and managing a household. She wasn't just drawing water to have a refreshment to sip on throughout the day. She was drawing water for the vital functions of her home. She was providing water for her family to drink, water for her to wash her various items like clothes and dishes with, and water for a multitude of other purposes like bathing and cleansing rituals. Yet when she came to the realization of who Jesus was, she leaves all this behind to go spread the good news to other people. She let go of the task and responsibilities that she was busy with in order to pick up the task and the responsibility of someone who has just met Christ. This step in this process of being a disciple and doing the Lord's work is imperative for us to follow because we too need to drop what we are carrying at the feet of Jesus so that we can better achieve the true goal in life. Too often do we as Christians try to carry too much in our arms as we attempt to work for the Lord. So many times we hear what Christ is offering and we accept it, we obey, and we submit to it, but afterward, we want to return to our water pot. We have both arms full carrying the Lord's work and our own agenda, our own responsibilities. And no doubt, later that day or sometime soon afterward, this woman had to go back and she had to continue her work in providing for her family, but we see through her actions a ranking of priorities. Listen, We all have various responsibilities that we have the duty to hold on to and to carry out, whether it be our family, our job, our community, our country, but these should never outrank or outshadow our first and foremost responsibility, and that is serving the Lord. We all also have other worldly things that aren't responsibilities, that take up room in our lives and our hearts, and they slow us down in fulfilling our mission and serving Jesus. And these could be things like entertainment or hobbies, leisure time, and other things that aren't inherently bad at all, but nonetheless take up room in our lives. Christ frames it well when in Luke 9.62 he states, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And so I ask you today, what things do you need to leave at the feet of Jesus? Once again, I want to thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle, subscribing to it, and sharing it with those that you love. As always, it's my prayer that God be with you and that you seek Him in all things. Until next time, God bless.